0: Hello, and welcome to Human Whispers Radio. My name is Lailey Agbal, and I'm the founder and CEO of the Community School for Human Arts and the MAPS program. This podcast is a communications platform for the school and our program. Our podcasts are intended to create and promote a facilitative and inclusive dialogue that we hope in return will encourage people to listen, learn and then seek action from a place of truthful shared awareness from which solutions can emerge. Today, we'll explore how true wealth starts and ultimately ends with a healthy body, and of course, a healthy mind, specifically the ideas of self regulation, stability, the intelligence of our bodies and the expansion of our capabilities. Today's topic was inspired by one of my yoga instructors, Dolores Hollitz, who I've been working with for about a year. Dolores is a great yoga teacher and someone who I truly have grown to appreciate and admire, so I thought it would be fun to interview her to learn more about her life journey. Very much in line with my philosophy about life and self-healing, Dolores shares many similar ideologies about the power of self-healing and self-regulation. We both live by similar mantras around the facilitation of natural and organic healing, meaning that we both work towards facilitating supportive conditions and settings for people to see that natural healing and growth can happen in one's body and mind and soul, and that we can empower each other towards manifesting a more harmonious and healthy future. I do it through the MAPS program, and she does it through her wellness teachings as a Vedic educator, which includes Ayurveda lifestyle coaching and consulting, primordial sound meditation, and a form of hatha yoga which integrates the seven spiritual laws of yoga based on the teachings of Deepak Chopra and his book, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. But first, I'd like to establish a basic premise, which is that in order to make true change in our individual lives and in the lives of others, and ultimately our planet, We need to create some space to allow for the outward flow of habits and things that no longer serve us, and more space for the inward flow of new and better serving pathways and habits, what we'll call a new organization of our human operating system, one which will perform better than its prior versions, one that will function better operationally and one that alters our human biology in a way that expands our human capabilities and potential. We're back and now I have the pleasure of introducing you to Dolores. Welcome, Dolores.
1: Hi, Lele, it's so nice to be with you. Thank you for asking me to come today to chat with you. I'm delighted.
0: Wonderful, so tell us a little about yourself and a little about your life journey that brings you here today.
1: Well, um, just a couple of things in a nutshell. I'll describe my roles to you. Um, I'm a wife mother of two, grandmother of two. Um, I've owned my own business, very successful in marketing. My husband owns his own business, very successful in the healthcare industry. And then I am a yoga instructor along with an instructor in Ayurveda as well as primordial sound meditation. So, over the numerous de- decades that I've been around, I've done a lot of different things. So, it's, um, but I'm really happy to be here today to talk about this.
0: So, in terms of your overall health um, throughout the years, was there ever a time or was there a particular event that happened when you first realized you needed to make a change?
1: You know, that's a really great question. Um, because I think all of us go through things that, um, catapult us into making changes in our lives like all mothers like all families um, and i'm sure you've gone through this too there have been events in your life that make you question am i going in the right direction Um, i'd like to think of my two children as being my greatest teachers and when they were going through formative years as well as early adulthood they be they were on their journeys and i didn't know if i liked the journeys that they were on and so i so defined myself in the roles that i was playing that i held on tight to that mother role and that that uh You need to do what I want you to do, not recognizing that they had their own journeys to go on. So once I realized that they had their own journeys that they needed to go on, I kind of fell apart just because all the roles that I identified with were somewhat disintegrating in front of me. And I decided that I needed to do something for myself. That was in 2006 and um, I first went to a program at the Chopra Center in Carlsbad and the name of the program was called The Soul of Healing and it talked about really identifying all the hurts that you've had in your life but also not defining yourself by those hurts. So I was, as I was going through a lot of the material that they had given and then also researching books that I wanted to, I, I ran across this quote that I've kind of lived by since 2006. And I'd like to read it to you. It's actually from Deepak Chopra and David Simon. David, uh, Those two gentlemen, those two doctors, actually co-founded co-found, the Chopra Center in Carlsbad. And it says, all change begins with awareness. Awareness of the current situation. Awareness of the potential for something greater. And awareness of the unlimited creativity that exists within each of us to catalyze the transformation we want to see for ourselves and for generations to follow. And that became what I wanted to live by.
0: So in a way, it became your mantra.
1: Yes. And and as a result of that, I still continued with my business and I had all those other things, but I no longer said, I'm a role. Yeah. yeah. And I started in on the transformative process that I went through in terms of getting my certifications and things like that. And it's been a wonderful journey, the best thing that I've ever had happened for me.
0: That's great. That's great. So I, for me, I think it was around 50 when I first realized that I was actually in charge of my own life. You know, it took, it took a major burnout, a job burnout and some health issues for me to sort of suddenly realize, hey, wait a minute, I, I'm in charge of my life and, and my own body. You know, I can, I can control that and, and, and no one else is in charge of that. So um, and the other thing that I realized at that time was that, th- that it really all came down to the body. From what i need to what helps me realize my full potential and what helps me create a felt experience as a human being on this planet who's here ultimately to to serve a purpose to make a contribution and and um this is one of my favorite quotes is is my body which is my first and last home and where i'll live throughout my life so for me when i came to that realization that was when i developed that awareness around oh wait a minute i am actually in charge of my own life and also that realizing that having a body um, that comes with mind and soul is really a true privilege and a blessing. And um, I wanna kind of go back to something that you um, oftentimes say in class and and you reminded us of that um, also today, (laughs) which I think was great. And um, you always say that we're spiritual human beings, having a human experience. Can you kind of elaborate on that and comment on that as it relates to our bodies? And how we take care of our body and therefore our, our souls and our spirits?
1: Absolutely. You know, when I went through my particular part of the transformation process, my health was disintegrating. Um, and much of that had to do with stress. Self, so, By the way, self-imposed mm. stress. There's a difference. There's a
0: difference. <laughs> There's a difference.
1: It was all me. I take total responsibility for that. And... Um, There's this great uh, quote that I've heard many, many times that says worrying is using your imagination to create something you don't want. Well, I was worrying myself into just the most unhealthy situation for me, for my body. When I started taking my Ayurvedic training um, to become a lifestyle, kind of an Ayurveda lifestyle coach, um, one of the things that became very clear to me is, well, actually, there were several things that became very clear to me. One is that I am responsible for my own health. When you turn your health over to somebody else, it's not good. It's not good because we really know what's best for ourselves. And two, the most important thing that I came to realize throughout all the studies is that who we really are is spirit that is totally connected to source but our bodies are the temples Mm -hmm. that hold our beautiful spirits and so if we don't take care of the temple everything else falls to pieces i think this pandemic, and we've talked about this in class before, this pandemic has certainly made us all realize that we need to take care, better care of our health. And we need to take responsibility. The fact that we turn our health over to some to, to someone else. You know, it's often said when, uh, uh, in ancient times, in uh, the Ayurvedic doctors, we're only paid by the kings if the people remained healthy. If the people were sick, they never got paid because it was their jobs to keep people
0: healthy. Boy, wouldn't that be nice if, if we had that same thing happen <laughs> in, in today's healthcare industry. I
1: know, I know it, I know. <laughs> yeah. And I think the thing is, it starts with really analyzing a couple of different things. One, what am I eating? What am I stuffing my face with? Um, and two, am I... Regularly getting in touch with who I really am yeah. through the process of meditation. Yeah. And so, to me, if I had to, if I had to actually say, if there's one thing that someone should start out with to help in the entire process of wellness and um, healthy living and emotional freedom it's learn to meditate once you learn to meditate everything else comes into place
0: and i think that's a very good point and we'll talk a little bit more about some of the tools that you hopefully will share with us some more more of the tools that you'll share with us but i want to kind of go back to um something that that i always do and i you know i've been practicing meditation for a number of years now but I oftentimes notice that when something is is happening to me, I always am looking for what is wrong. I'm never looking for what is right about something. And so I think, in fact, that um, tends to be my default, you know, my M.O., right, basically. And so personally, and I think you know this, is these days uh, um, I'm having trouble sleeping. And for the longest time, the self-talk went something like this. Um, What's your problem? What's wrong with you? And this is something that uh, Rick Hansen in his book, Buddha's Brain, calls the negativity bias, basically saying that we're predisposed. So our biology is predisposed to look out for what's wrong. And I really agree and relate to it. And I think this is a problem of what we're giving our attention to, primarily, to what's wrong instead of what's right. And I think, you know, as you pointed out, stress also plays into this predisposition to look at what's wrong. So... um, I've realized that that stress is what's keeping me up at night, you know. So the symptoms of that stress can can come in many different shapes and sizes. You know, for some stress is, um, you know, you have sort of indigestion and you can have headaches and joint pain. And um, it kind of, you know, focuses on our immune system. And I think what you said about meditation is really helpful. And also the fact of what are you putting in your body? You know what what are you putting in your body and and how is that imprinting on on yourself and your soul um so thinking of the stress that you talked about the self-imposed stress and and some of those stress uh imprints that that happen to us when we don't recognize that we're under stress do you have any um stress imprints that you've collected and what are some of the tools that you use to help you look at what's right rather than what's wrong?
1: So that's, kind of, that's another great question. Um, uh, and this is going to be kind of a response that takes us uh, kind of a, a winding road, if you don't mind. Um, I believe that stress, is caused by taking a look at any situation that happened to be in and then always allowing our ego to evaluate what's going on. Remember Eckhart Tolle in in, um, A New Earth and also in The Power of Now, it's two books actually refers to the ego as almost like a separate entity. And I as we talked a little bit earlier today before we actually started uh, this podcast, you know ego means edging God out. So anytime you allow your ego to evaluate a situation, it is always going to focus on the negative. Always, it, your ego wants to hold you captive. So, yeah, I've had a ton of stress in my life through. I think anybody does. I mean, I don't think I'm unique to that. I think everybody has uh, stress in your life. But I, another one of the books that I read um, with Wayne Dyer, and one of the quotes that I've also carried around in my wallet with me, it says, "When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change." So, if you are looking at things strictly from an ego perspective, it'll keep you awake at night because your ego is always going to say you're doing everything wrong. If you look at things from a, I am a perfect spirit, everything I do is perfect because I am made in the the image of God, you look at things from a perspective of am I doing, what could I do to improve upon what I am doing? How can I actually make specific changes, do things differently to not only serve me, but serve humanity? Once you get out of that ego frame work and really think of yourself as a beautiful, perfect spirit and live from that place of spirit, then everything changes, everything changes.
0: So what I hear you say is that stress is one of those things that limits us as human beings. And now um, I want to talk a little bit about um, expanding our capacity. So stress, we said, is limiting, but how do we expand our capacity, which I think has a lot to do with the evolution of our species.
1: Yeah, so you know, Laylee, we've talked about this before in yoga class, but the reality is stress plays a huge role in our overall well-being. Um, one of the things that I learned when I was going through all of my training is that all diseases, all diseases, um, of all of them, only 5% are penetrant, which means that they 5% are genetic-based. The rest, 95%, are all stress-related. So stress not only affects our mental health, but our physical health, our overall well-being, it affects our our spiritual health. So anything that we can do to help reduce stress reduces inflammation, reduces all kinds of things. And that's one of the reasons that I love teaching yoga so much and doing all of this is because it helps in, in reducing the stress factors.
0: So this uh, really makes me think about um, the evolution of our species and my favorite topic of all, human potential and our limitlessness. When we started to domesticate plants and animals some thousands of years ago, we became sedentary and started to create new rules and behavioral pathways to another format of being. We grew more in control of our food and resources and began to develop division of labor amongst ourselves. Tribal existence was, for, for all intents and purposes, eliminated And we lost our intrinsic embeddedness in nature and in relationship to one another. But what's important to note is that the tribal environment gave us something really unique, that ability to be integrated with each other and with our environment, and integrated with our basic characteristics as a human species. So singing, dancing, storytelling, craft making, sitting around the fire, gifts we've been given that are inherent and help us to weave our social structure and reinforce our relationship to ourselves to one another and to the other species on the planet and ultimately to our planet in this way i think concurrently we've lost our biological connection or synchronicity with ourselves each other other species and our planet we're not the well-oiled human that we were thousands of years ago and that's evident in the way we look the way we feel and how we behave, and most importantly, how dysfunctional our bodies or our biology have become. What we were missing is something from the environment we walked out of, from our ancestral environment that we ran away from, and now we find ourselves surrounded in an age of collapse and breakdown, as we search desperately for those tools of synchronicity. We've forgotten about joy and the realization that our job, our work, is enjoyment or embodying joy. But the good news is that it's not too late to make a change. We still have everything we need in our biology to synchronize, to work efficiently, to, be, to do well, and to recapture the joy that we lost all those years ago. Each of us is a complex, intricate, delicate, and totally interconnected um, being in body and mind. We're not parts. We are whole. And it's time we work towards a body that is soothed and healed, secure and resilient, and steady and stable, and a mind that is creative and open, connecting and compassionate, and clear and pure
1: so I think that what you said is very profound and very true um, I I think we can start out by saying let's take a look at our food that we we talked about that you know um, uh, there is is this great quote by Hippocrates that says, Let food be thy medicine, and medicine be thy food. And then there is this great Ayurvedic proverb that says, When diet is wrong, medicine is of no use. When diet is correct, medicine is of no need. So we start out with our diet and taking a look at our diet. But, you know, you can have the greatest, healthiest body in the entire world. But if you don't take a look at every other aspect of your life, like do you have toxic relationships, do, are you feeling emotionally secure, are you doing the things that you need to do to nurture your soul, then diet isn't going to make any difference anyway. So it's not just one Aspect. It's taking a look at the whole thing. I said before that I think that it's really important to actually start out with meditation because to me, meditation uh, um, makes one want to do the necessary things to actually heal everything. You know, when I was um, doing a lot of work for the Chopra Center, um, I dealt with, had the pleasure of dealing with Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that were going there to learn how to meditate. I never heard one person say in all the years that I worked for them that said, that said um, you know, everything's perfect. I think I'm just going to learn how to meditate. You know, everybody came because they wanted something new for themselves. Uh, there is um, a ninth century sage named, Adi Shankara, and he talks about something called Advaita, which is, means non-dualism. And non-dualism means that we are every aspect of our life is totally connected, totally connected. So visualize, if you will, an hourglass. At the top of the hourglass, We have, at the very top part of the hourglass, we have the physical body. We have the environment, which, by the way, you cannot separate our environment from our physical body because the food that you eat comes from the environment. The water that you drink comes from the environment. The air that you breathe comes from the environment. Uh, Then we have our physical body, which is the food that we put in our mouth and then our energetic body. Then as we go down the hourglass, there is an area of constriction as in, there are, in all hourglasses, and that's our mind, ego, and intellect. And that is the area of constriction because, we, because your ego wants to keep you captive in the upper layer of the hourglass. It wants you to think that you are just a body, just part of an environment, and just uh, having some kind of energy itself. But the bottom part of the hourglass is our spiritual side. It is the, uh, the connection. It's your personal soul, the collective, the archetypal soul that exists. Uh, within the within uh, con- all consciousness, and then the universal soul, which is consciousness it, itself. So, what meditation does is meditation allows us, as we sit down in our physical body and uh, get comfortable and everything, and then turn into silence. What meditation does is it allows us to expand that area of constriction i liken it to turning the hourglass upside down so instead of living from the body the mind the intellect we turn it upside down and live from the spiritual side once we learn how to live from the spiritual side we start to recognize that being separate not okay which is why community is so important which is why having that bond of love is so important which spending just spending time doing video games and on social media doesn't really connect us to people at all which is why it's so important to eat properly and to take care of, of humanity itself we then get out of the place of fear and live more in a place of love.
0: Building up and organizing the pathways that lead to balance and well-being requires us to learn the language of our own body and nervous system, the system that elegantly joins the body and mind into one whole. In the MAPS program, we support people to develop more self-awareness and understanding of their own stressors and dysregulation. We help them develop an equally personal knowledge of their own resilience and how to return to their joy and essence. With a stronger self-awareness, they can develop the self-efficacy and agency they need to put themselves at the helm of their well-being and to realize their full potential and limitlessness. Feeling strong and empowered helps us return to a new level of body intelligence, to reclaim an often lost vitality, ultimately restoring trust in ourselves and trust in our ability to feel resilient with what life brings. So let's start to learn or relearn the language of the body, the home that we will inhabit all our lives. Let's use the wisdom of the body with the mind playing second and recover from our body's enactment of stress and anxiety. Remember that all the organs in our body are unconsciously communicating with each other regularly throughout the day. Our nervous system is designed to assess danger and protect us from harm before we can even begin to think. It's doing its thing even when we're not paying attention or thinking about it. When our body registers safety, we're in a happy place or content. Our chest will likely feel relaxed and open. Breathing is easy and breaths are full. The belly happily does its job digesting, extracting nutrients and comfortably eliminating. Eyes function well and accurately. See the surroundings. The mouth is comfortably moist and food tastes good." So much of the stuff we've talked about today really um, is about the body. And um, we all know that the body keeps score, even though we might not be aware of it. Um, our body records and remembers stress reactions viscerally. And our mind tells the story through words and mental pictures. So the moral of the story is carefully select the tools in your, in your toolkit assess and question the effectiveness of the tools you currently have in your toolkit. And um, we're gonna ask Dolores if she can please share with us some of her favorite toolkits and give our listeners some tips to help them assess their current toolbox.
1: Oh, I'd be happy to. Um, You know, when you're really young, you think you can do, and you can, you can do all kinds of things, eat all kinds of things and really get away with it. It's as we age, That we start to recognize the importance of our choices. Um, The most important step that I think a person can actually take in terms of a toolkit is one, take responsibility. Um, uh, And fundamentally we all know the things that we are doing that are not good for our bodies. Um, And we can go down down the list, you know, be careful about what you eat. Get some form of exercise. I happen to think yoga is a great form of exercise. That's why I love teaching it so much. Um, Pick your food wisely. Uh, Reduce toxicity in your life. And that includes really taking a look at all the relationships that you have. You know, I heard Deepak Chopra once say, there are in in one of his books, he said there are three types of people in your life. There are the people who have your best interest at heart. There are the people who are neutral. And then there's the ones who really want to do harm to you. Take a look at not only the neutral, but the ones who want to do harm. And say, it's been great knowing you, but you're out of my life. But, and then be disciplined about it, create a routine. There is a, a saying, or a term in um, Ayurveda, which is called Dinacharya, and it is uh, based on having the wisdom of a routine. And the routine says, I get up in the morning, I do my exercises, I meditate, I take care of my body, I eat properly, I do all those things, but it's just a routine that establishes a discipline that then gets you synchronized to well-being. And so for me and for the people that I come in contact with through my business, Um, when I'm teaching Ayurveda or meditation or teaching yoga, I really try to encourage taking a look at the routines that have been established for health and well-being. And everything, everything requires discipline. Discipline.
0: Thank you, Dolores. And now some final thoughts. I encourage everyone who is feeling stuck, overwhelmed, hopeless, or helpless, to consider that this is not a life sentence and change can be an option for you. You just need to be ready for it and for being open to creating some space for this change, to move out what is no longer serving you, and to make room for new experiences, new feelings, and new changes in behavior. We ask you to listen to your instincts. Learning the language of the body takes time, patience, and practice, but it can be done Listening to your subtle physical needs, your wants and your sensitivities will serve you well on your path forward. And here are some questions to ask yourself or journal based on the spiritual law of Dharma. Who am I? What do I want? What is my purpose? And what am I grateful for? And if you're interested in further exploration of two of these questions, who am I and what is my purpose or what is my work, the MAPS program can support you and is a great starting point please visit our website at humanwhispers.com to learn more about our MAPS program. And if you like what you've heard here today, please consider telling a few friends. Until next time!